We're going to get ready and take communion. Uh, if you didn't get a cup, you can be seated for just a couple of minutes. If you didn't get a, a cup yet, if you just want to raise your hand up, Pastor John will be around. He'll make sure that you get one. But, uh, John, there's one, Matt Miller, who how you forgot anything to eat or drink is beyond me. And... and uh, yeah, and yeah, and there's a couple up here. Uh, so um, we just sang that from the ashes we will rise uh, out of defeat because of the resurrected king, that it's his victory. And that's, that's what this is. This, that's what communion is all about. It's not anything that we did to rise, that it's it's through Christ's victory on the cross, that we are able to rise, that, that the resurrected king resurrects parts of us. Um, and so I, I, just before we, we take communion together, I was wondering, would anyone like to share uh, maybe some of the ashes of defeat that you have experienced in your life and how... Jesus resurrected that part of you, how Jesus changed your life um, and took you from maybe a place of being defeated to a place of victory through his blood. I know that's a lot to throw on you. How has Jesus given you victory? Somebody's got to start. In 1976, I came to a place in my life, I was a Catholic. And in Catholics, they don't normally know the Lord real well, because <laughs> they don't read their Bibles. <laughs> but the bottom line is, it was all about being good. So that's what my life was being good. Well, you can't please people all the time, but I thought I could. Well, guess what? It doesn't work. And my sister-in-law, who knew the Lord, shared with me and said, the only way you can do that is through Jesus Christ. And that burden was just incredible. I felt like I was flying. I mean, all that weight of trying to be so good was just putting me into the ground. But Jesus removed all that. And I really don't care. I'm sorry. I don't care whether you love me or not. <laughs> the bottom line is Jesus does. And that's where I'm at. So if you guys ever feel that way, where nobody loves me or I just can't please anybody, you don't have to. That's Jesus is the only one you have to please. And you know what? You can't unless he helps you. You can't. You just can't do it. So since 1976, which I think is pretty appropriate, I was set free, and I've been flying ever since, so. Anybody else? Have you experienced some freedom, and you want to share about that a little bit? I know for me... It, that you can just experience that little bits of freedom all the time. Like even, even there in, in worship, I sort of got this, this voice in my head, you know, it's just the way my head works, that oh, you, you know, all these accusing things. And I was like, wait a second, that's not from, that's not from the Lord. And, like, and I just was like, I reject that thought. I you know, and claim faith in Jesus, and then you move forward. Anybody else? 
As many of you know, maybe, those of you who have heard my testimony before, um, I have suffered, do suffer, from major anxiety and major depression. Um, so much so that yes, I do take medicine and that is okay. But there is no way that I could do half the things that I do without the freedom of Christ. I, I would not be up here. I wouldn't even be in this building if it wasn't for him because I'd be at home in a ball in the corner of my room and never come out again. But because of what he has done, in fact, the fact that I'm even speaking and stuff is a huge testament to what he has done in my life and what he can do for, for you. And I know a lot of people have suffered a lot during COVID, especially from depression. Suicide rates are ridiculously high because of the depression that people went into. But for some reason during that time, Christ used that for me to actually set me even more free from that, which is really weird. But I can, I can honestly say for, for me, COVID was one of the best times that I've ever had with God. And I mean, if you guys have not experienced that freedom, Y'all need to get on it. Up on the train. Freedom Express is coming through town. I, I love the fact that the song says that the resurrected king is resurrecting me, not has resurrected me. That, that God's continually bringing new things to life. That you may suffer from anxiety, and I know a lot of you do, and I'm right there with you. And it's not that it's, I believed in Jesus and everything got better and I'm happy all the time. It's the fact that Christ is resurrecting me, that, that every day Jesus brings a little bit something new to life in me, that, as I experience more of him, I experience more life. And the only reason that I can experience that life is because he experienced death. The only reason that I can experience healing is because he experienced brokenness. And that's why we celebrate communion, is to celebrate Christ's body broken for us so that by his stripes we might experience healing. And so, Father, we just right now take this time of communion to remember that your brokenness paved the way for our healing, that, that because of your death, we can have life. And, Father, your word tells us that it, it can be life and life to the full, that we can experience more and more freedom in you. And so we take this in remembrance of you and just praising you for the life that we can have in Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take any. Another thing that I was thinking about was how God speaks to each one of us, and, and those things bring life. And so I was wondering, maybe, has God spoken to anything to your heart lately that has given you hope? How is God moving in your life? What's God doing? Because I firmly believe in and know that God is still working, God is still on the move, that God is still changing hearts and lives, and you're going to get to hear about that in a few testimonies this morning, that God is still working in the hearts of his people to, to bring them to him so that they can bring the world to him. And so uh, would maybe a, a few of you be willing to share 
about how God is working in your life, the ways that you've seen God moving, um, maybe something that he's spoken to your heart that have, has just uh, brought awakening to you or, or just was the word that you needed to hear from him right when he spoke it. Uh, so what's God doing in your life? Yeah, what's God done in your life? He got me into a nice group home, a nice friends and family, and a nice person sitting beside me. There you go. Amen. Yeah. God will put people in your life right when he needs them to be there. Yeah. I've seen that over and over and over again. What else? What's God doing in your life? I don't think you went on vacation. Sean's not wanting me to talk. Um, uh, Really quick, and and I've mentioned it before about our worship team since we, you know, quit and then came back together. Um, We haven't been, we typically would do like a Thursday night rehearsal and and then come in on Sunday and play. Um, But since everything changed, um, we've been not even picking music until Sunday morning, right before the service. And you know, for for me, like I could do that every week, and I'd be happy with it. But I know not everyone <laughs> has the same brain as me. Um, but so anyway, we've been doing that every week. We come in on Sunday morning um, before the service. We go through the music. We pick it out, and uh, and every week, like. After the service, I, I think it, we like look at each other and go, "Just man, God used every one of those those songs in some way, and they they came together in a way that you know just met us." Um, and this morning, so we're picking out our music again, and I think we had a couple songs, and um, and in my head, I I just thought R, so I went to R. The first song was resurrecting, and I started humming it. And Cheryl just looks at me and starts laughing. She's like, I picked out one song last night and went through like three lines of it, and it was resurrecting. And, you know, it's, it's like that week after week. It's not just randomly happening. It's every week we come in and see God moving through the worship. That has nothing to do with us. And to me, that gives me hope that we are serving a God who is alive and active and wants to meet us here wants to meet us in our homes, wants to meet us at our jobs. Like, he doesn't limit himself to this hour that we're spending together, but like just every moment of our lives, if we're listening, he'll be there for us and with us. And uh, man, that's just, it gives me chills every time I think about it because he is so good to us. Even in just those glimpses of him, like you can see his goodness and it's just overwhelming, overwhelming. It is. Give it a second. It is? Okay. I just wanted to share that uh, next Sunday I will not be here. And four others of our member won't be here either because we'll be in the Dominican Republic sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with a bunch of men, women, and children. And I just get excited about being there and being able to share with these children. And uh, I I look forward to it. These kids are such a blessing, and um, it it is such a good time, and that's what God's doing in my life, and I know uh, the other four from our church, it's going to be there also. Uh, It's a good time of fellowship, good time of bonding and unification, and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with people that need it. Yeah, and in fact, for those of you that are going right, the last thing that we're going to do this morning is we're going to bring them up here, and we're going to pray over them. As they they send out, they get sent out. They leave early Friday morning, and when I say early, I mean it's almost Thursday night. Uh, and so we'll definitely be praying for them as they go. Last week, Brian and I and John and Katie attended Alliance Council, and I know I'm talking a lot today. I'm sorry, but it was an awesome week. And talking about seeing God move and how God still does miracles and stuff, 
the one night we had a healing service, and after um, the prayer time had kind of quieted down, President Stembo walked up onto the stage with a cane and a wheelchair, and there was and he told us um, <laughs> one guy had come in and he had to have that cane, um, but then he was healed. They, one guy prayed for him, and he was healed. The guy was running around the sanctuary. I mean, it was literally like you had read out of the Bible, you know, where the guy got up after Jesus healed him and just walked right after them, dancing and leaping. And, I mean, this guy was just running around the room. It was hilarious, but it was so fabulous because you could only, he could only praise God for that healing. There was no other way. And for the wheelchair that, that the president brought up, a guy had come in. He had to have the wheelchair. He couldn't walk. He walked. He stood up and walked out of that wheelchair and didn't need it again. I mean, God does do miracles. Literally. We got to witness some. And after this past week, I'm excited to see what kind of miracles are going to come out of this church next. I've learned, and, and it's been really placed upon my heart, is that to pray each day, God's given you a path to walk on, but to take note of who he puts on your path. If I don't, I don't know if you guys all remember, but LG, who usually is here beside me, that's one of those people he put on my path. Did I really want that? No. I didn't know her name. I didn't know her language. She didn't speak English very good. Her husband was a monster. I mean, literally a monster. And... So it was really, really hard to go there and talk to her. But you see where she is now. And not only is she beside me usually, but then she shares the Lord <laughs> with other Filipinos who she meets. And you would not believe how many Filipinos there are in Hocking County. I am shocked. But... They're starting to come out of the woodwork. And it's because I, I question how many of them are legal. But when they were brought here illegal, they weren't under their own, um, it wasn't under their own will. They were brought here um, as slaves. So... That also helps me to understand illegal aliens, too. Sometimes they're here because they want to be here. Sometimes they come here not necessarily because they want to be here. But it's amazing to me what God can do when you just acknowledge the people that God puts on your path and know that maybe not somebody you want to be on your path. That's okay. It doesn't matter. That's his deci decision, not ours, and we need to walk with him, not go out on our own, you know, or walk around whatever he's put in front of us. But God's going to do something. I don't know what it is, but it always ends up being good. I love the... Just a way uh, of living with a missions mindset. You, some people, God says, hey, I want you to go to the Dominican Republic. Uh, this past week, there were about 50 people that, God, that got commissioned that God's sending all over the world right now. Uh, and sometimes it's just keeping your eyes open to see who's God putting in my path today. And because we've all been called to missions in some way, but sometimes it's 
just going up to the person that's right in front of you, and sometimes it's going around the world to a person that's going to put in front of you. But it's that lifestyle of looking and breathing and thinking about being on Christ's mission. Uh, good morning. <clears throat> um, the last two weeks have been uh, joyous, but they've been kind of rough. Uh, for those of you that know, we lost a great brother in Christ, Roy Prather, and his mother sat right beside me this morning, and I get a chance to worship with her this morning, so that was awesome. Um, but I have a praise. This is a praise because the last two weeks, um, when I've gotten whiny or wimpy or I've complained or uh, pitched a fit about something, the Lord's always laid on my heart, what would Roy Prather do? And uh, every day I think about him. Um, if you ever had a chance to get a hug from Roy, I remember back when I was growing up and my grandpa told me, you, you'll, you'll judge a man by how he shakes your hand. Well, that's not true. You'll judge a guy by how he hugs you because Roy would blow you into the next county when he gave you a <laughs> hug and rip your arm off at the same time. And I miss him dearly, but the praise is I'm so glad and so thankful that the Lord put Roy Prather in my life. Amen. Um, Roy was a, when I think of great examples of faith in Christ, man, he's at the top of the list. And whenever I get to that point in my life where I just always hear Roy's voice, relax, calm down. Roy would be that guy to talk you off the ledge, to talk many of us off the ledge. So um, to his mother, I thank you for sharing Roy with us for the many, many years that you did. And uh, I speak for a lot of the guys that are out of the boat and uh, just the, the mere example and that he was to us in the fun times. There's not a morning that goes by that I think of him on that motorcycle. In fact, I think of both of us on that motorcycle. But man, he was just, uh, um, I'm so thankful that the Lord gave me a guy like that, that, that we can see what Christ looks like. So yeah. praise God for Roy. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what one life sold out for Jesus will do and the people that, the, that that life will touch. And I know he touched me because he gave me a hug right there and just about sent me through the roof. That, uh, yeah, it, it's that kind of life. It's, it's that kind of life full of praise that, and also... When you realize what Christ has done for you, not only does it give you that sense of praise and, and worship and excitement and love that Roy had, it also gives you that mission of because you love people so much. You look at Christ and his love for people, it was out of that love that he had mission. It was his love for the Father that was what went put him on mission to the cross and his love for each one of us you know we talk about you know the the basic two great commandments boiled down is to love god and love people well christ was the perfect example of that to us that it was his love for the father that put him on mission to love us and his love for us that put him on mission to the cross and so we are going to just take a second and celebrate Christ's blood shed for us. That through the shedding of blood, there is forgiveness of sin. Through the shedding of blood, there is new life. There is the ability to experience resurrection not only in this life, but on that day when, when we get to go home and we get to be with Roy and, more importantly, be with Jesus, it's that blood 
that is what gets us there. So take and drink in the celebration of Christ who died for you. Well, we're going to get ready and we're going to celebrate baptism. And baptism is all throughout the New Testament. In Acts 2.38, Peter tells the crowd, he preaches this great gospel message, thousands come to believe in Jesus Christ, and they say, what should we do? They say, what should be our first step in following Jesus? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Bible, it, it follows conversion. When you believe, you get baptized. It's, it's the next step. It's the first step. You don't have to be baptized to be saved. That's faith in Christ alone. But it's this outward sign of showing what God's done in your heart. It's like marriage. You, you can go to the courthouse and get a piece of paper and sign it, and you're married. But the reason that you have a big ceremony is so that everybody out there in your family and your friends and the world can see this is the person I love. This is the person that I've chosen for my life to be bonded to. Baptism is the same thing. It's you standing up in front of family, church family, and saying, this is who my life is connected to. My life is hidden in Jesus. And that's why one of the reasons why we dedicate babies here at the church instead of baptizing them, because baptism is really about you saying, This is who I am going to be. This is who, this is what my life is going to be about. You can't really say that as a baby, it's more your parents' intentions. And, and so, really, uh, that's the great thing about baptism. If you've, been, if you've been dedicated or even if you've been baptized as a baby, now it's you saying, that thing that my parents wanted for me is now the step that I'm taking because I've connected my life to Jesus. And it was a regular part of the church. It, in Acts 2.41, it says that those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. That's a long baptism service. Jesus modeled it for us. It, it says that in Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? It's John, John saying, look, baptism is about forgiveness. Baptism is about new life in God. Why are you coming to me? And Jesus says... Let it be so now, for it's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus basically says, because it's the right thing to do. Jesus is setting us, setting for us this example, this model of this is how, this is a step you need to take in following God. It's the right thing to do. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven opened and he saw a spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So it's an example that Christ set. It's an example that God was pleased with. And again, it wasn't because Jesus sinned that he needed to baptize, but it was the right thing to do. James tells us next week, by the way, we're getting into the book of James. We're going to be studying that through the summer. James tells us if that you know that you if you know the good that you ought to do and don't do it you sin. Well, Jesus knew the right thing to do, and he did it. And not only that, Jesus commanded baptism. The Bible says that you should do it. So again, if you know the good you ought to do and you don't do it, that's going to create a barrier to how deep you can go in Jesus. That's going to create a barrier in how deep your life is in Christ. So Mark 16, 15, and 16, Jesus told them, go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. Everyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. 
Now there again, baptism and believing go hand in hand. Now Jesus says it's the believing part that, that makes the difference. But baptism is a, a step in taking that walk with Jesus on that journey. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came to his disciples and said, I've been given all authority in heaven on earth. Now, take that for a second. He's, Jesus has been given all authority on heaven, in heaven on earth. And with all of the authority that he has over everything, what is the first thing he does with that authority? What's the first thing he says about that authority? He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It was a big deal to Jesus. Baptism and believing is the first step of that journey. So today, if you haven't been baptized, let me encourage you. If you are a believer in Jesus, maybe that's a step you need to take. Maybe that is the next step on your journey in following Jesus. It's identifying with Christ's church. And if you haven't, you should consider it. Now, if you haven't and you're not a believer in Jesus, then that's not maybe a step that you need to take quite yet. But I will say this, you can put your faith in Jesus today. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that there's not a single one of us who haven't messed up. There's not a single one of us that have led a perfect life, that have never, ever lied, never, ever thought a bad thought, that we have all sinned, that we all need Jesus, that, there's, that, that the, the, the ground at the cross is level. There's nobody above anybody else. There's nothing good that you can do to make you more worthy of God. That, that the only way that we can be saved is through Jesus. The Bible tells us that if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and purify you from all unrighteousness. The Bible tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. And so if today you say, well, I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know that if I would die today that I would absolutely 100% go to heaven like Roy knew. Today's the day you can put your faith in Jesus Christ. And all of those things, all of those things we've celebrated, all those things we've talked about today, all of those things are available to you right now. There's nothing that you could do to make yourself so bad that Christ doesn't love you, that Christ isn't going to call you to have a relationship with him. And you can have that relationship today. But I don't want to be the only one to tell you about that. So we're going to get ready. We're going to uh, sing a song. Um, then we're going to play a video. While the video is playing, uh, we're going to ask the three that are coming to get baptized to come on up. And, uh, and then you're going to watch some videos of them telling their story about how they met Jesus. So you don't have to hear it just from me. You can hear it from three lives that have been changed by the love of Jesus. So... Let's stand. We're going to sing a song, and, and then we'll have a, a short video. It's, it's a video from, uh, from Council that is just, it's a fun little video. It's, they ask kids, what is church? And uh, they got some interesting answers, so you can watch that.
Okay. This is kind of hard. The question I'm going to ask you, like I said, is pretty easy. What is church? Church? I don't know. <laughs> I can't. It's too hard. Church? It's like... <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a good place to get a donut. And it's a place where I get to play games. Also, there's coffee. Kind of like a hospital. What way is it like a hospital? Uh, helping people. Church is a place where you can remember what God has done for you and connect with people and help them through hard things that they're going through or just help them through good things. Church is where you can learn, you can do stuff and go everywhere you want to. I like Alliance Kids because it always makes church feel shorter. It's a place where you sing and dance and learn about God on every Sunday. Do you dance? No. <laughs> My favorite thing at church is to sing and praise the Lord. A place where you'll worship God and sing holy songs. Worshiping is my favorite part because I just love screaming out the word, yelling out the words. It's a house of God. They're not just coming there for just so they could be in heaven, but Christians should go to church so they could actually know what God is like. It's um, almost like a school. The only subject is you, you like learn more and more about Jesus. It's very exciting, and uh, we do a lot of fun stuff with the teachers. Is there another question for me? Church means like the resurrection of Christ, like and we worship God there too. They talk about Jesus, and it's very good for kids to learn to to believe in Jesus and to love Jesus. Church is like a place that I can like be myself and worship God. Church is, we sing about Jesus' birthday. Somewhere where you get to go and maybe have some fun activities and learn how to love him. A place you can go to and listen to the Holy Spirit. It makes people learn how to love people even though you sometimes be mean to them, you still love them. Mm. Actually, Mom, if you want to come over here, then she won't look over that way. You can stand right here, right next to me. Mm. Oh. Church is a place where you can worship and learn new things. We dance and we do everything I want to do. You can learn about God and make friends and the other stuff that I don't really know. The other day, I didn't get to go because of all the COVID. You know that we had to wear shields too? That was kind of boring. The church is a group of people that come together to worship and love God together. It's a place where you, where you get to hear about God and that's where missionaries are made. I'm learning mostly about the Holy Spirit and how it gives you power. We learn about Jesus and things he did, like he, when he died on the cross for us. Church is when we worship God and then if somebody doesn't know God, we can tell them and they are gonna really believe us. Today at church, we went up on the balcony and we saw five people getting baptized. They put these people underwater and it's called baptism. People are getting baptized from the name of the Lord of Jesus. Some people got vaccinated. What, what does it mean when you get vaccinated? Somebody who gets in a pool and then somebody who puts them back and then they go in the water. They were just dunking in the heads and I don't like to be dunked. Not at all. When you like stand up and like you do this, I don't really do it because I think it's a little embarrassing. When someone's like getting baptized, I'll like stand up and like if he's my friend, yes, I will go straight away and like say, you go. <laughs> Is there another question? I think it's my favorite thing to do in the week. It's a fun place to be and you learn more each Sunday. In my opinion, it's the best hour of my whole week. Yes!
finally. Was it hard? Yeah, so hard. I love the little girl that talked about, <laughs> talked about getting vaccinated and how you just go back into the water and that's what vaccination is. In a way, she's not too far off. That it's believing in Jesus that, that saves you and, and gives you new life. So she's not far off. Well, this morning we have the privilege of baptizing a few people. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and it, the, here's, the, here's the cool thing. We're baptizing today a family. Um, and the other cool thing about it is uh, the family started coming to church. The first one really to come was Lila. And she came with her grandpa who brought her and uh, so, how, how cool is it that it started with a little girl who, I don't know, even know how old she was at the time. She was two. She was two when she started coming. And, uh, and eventually, the rest of the family came along, and today, they're all getting baptized together. And uh, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Uh, I'm already getting a little, oof, it's going to be a rough one. Uh, but first up is Josh Robinson, and he's going to tell you a, a little bit about him and Jesus. Hi, my name's Josh, and today I am being baptized. It, most of my life I've been an agnostic, not understanding who Jesus Christ was. I lived pretty sinfully, and I found out why. A buddy of mine explained it to me pretty well. He said that everyone has a God-sized hole in their heart, and I was trying to fill it with everything but. I have finally found the right thing, and I've accepted Jesus into my heart to fill that hole. Thank you for being here with me today. What, what were you doing, like, when you decided, like, tell me the story of, like, how, like, what you were doing when you decided to pray to ask got into your heart and like how that how that went um i was actually sitting at work reading a book um and i started talking to my partner who's a good friend of mine uh about religion he's been a christian most of his life and he helped explain who jesus really was to me yeah. i didn't understand that even though i was raised as a Christian yeah. and he said uh, you know he's, he's not just the son of God he is God in human form come to save us yeah. and I said oh I get it yeah. and so did you pray to receive Christ at work or how'd that go yeah I think I was driving home from work that night yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 and uh, I've uh, I get pretty emotional when I do most of the time now. I've always been a you know keep that inside kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then how how are, how is things different since then? Um, since you become Christian, I let a lot more things go. Um, I have learned to accept that I can't control everything. I just take a deep breath, trust that, you know, Jesus will help me out through some situations that I know I can't handle alone, where in the past I've just shamed myself for not being able to handle those situations and guilted myself for not being able to step up and do what I thought I should be able to do by myself. Then why do you want to get baptized? Um, I think it's a good way to accept
accept the Holy Spirit into myself. Be reborn into my new life. Baptism is sort of a picture with like going down into the water of your old life, dying, and then being washed in the water, and then you know clean in the blood of Jesus, and then coming up to new life. So be good. I'm excited. It was also explained to me um, reenacting the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and our you know killing our old selves, yeah. being buried and resurrected in new life. So, Josh, one, I, I just love your heart. I love the fact that you uh, came to know Christ through somebody at work, and he's actually sitting here today. With and he's us. sitting here today with us, which is awesome. Hey, glad you're here. And I love the fact that it happened in a normal, it wasn't like at, you know, it wasn't at church, it wasn't at a service, it wasn't at, it was at work, it was a Christian that had that missions mindset that was, was watching for opportunities at work and sharing his love of Jesus with you. And I, I love the fact that you, you prayed to receive Christ in your car on the way home, that you can, you can ask Jesus to be a part of your life. It does, and you don't have to be in church to do it. You can, you can be in your car. You can be at work. It, that Jesus is always knocking on the door, and you can open that door to him anytime, anyplace, and, uh, and it's just so, so awesome. And uh, so, Josh, thank you for... for sharing that with us. Uh, thank you for leading first and, and, uh, and leading your family in this way. That's amazing and awesome. And, and so, Josh, this morning we baptize you in the name of the Father who loved you even when you were an agnostic, for the Son who died for you so that you, that God-shaped hole in your heart could be filled and for the Holy Spirit that is filling you and will fill you all the more and just continue to use you so that maybe someday you can be at work and share about a God-shaped hole and how that was filled in you. So, Josh, we baptize you in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Next up is Kristen, and uh, she's going to share her story now. Good morning. I'm Kristen, and I'm being baptized today. Um, baptism to me is a pretty significant thing. I looked up the, the meaning of the word baptism, and I saw that in Hebrew it means immersion. And to me, baptism is symbolic for not only being cleaned of your sins and starting your new life in Christ, immersing your entire existence in Christ and kind of going forward with that in the forefront of everything you say and everything you do. I know that I've been a Christian for a long time, but I've just recently really fully immersed myself in the faith. And I think that um, Jesus has just now made himself known to me. I know that before before he filled me, I never felt like I was enough or I never felt like I was worthy of love. And since coming to know him on a more personal level, I know that I wasn't enough before I had him inside of me. And now that I do, I am. So was there a specific point where you just decided to give it all over to Jesus? Or like lately? like? 
Like what what got you to sort of this new place? I can remember a time last summer when I was standing in my kitchen and I was listening to worship music. It was actually um, Corey Asbury's uh, big hit where he gives he gives his testimony kind of in the middle of the song and he talks about uh, the 99 and the one and he became really emotional. And even though I'd been a believer my entire life and I'd actually been saved as a teen for some reason that day when I was just there, you know, preparing this food for a family celebration, it really hit me. And I found myself just sobbing in my kitchen at the idea that I am the one. And even though I've ran away and even though I've not made good decisions and even though I've made mistakes throughout my life, Jesus still loves me and God still forgives me just because of who I asked to be inside of me and help me throughout my walk. And then what's, how's life been different for you the last few months? So for the last couple of years, um, this was, this was early last summer, I think that I kind of was reborn again because I had been saved as a teenager. And then I kind of, I had kind of fallen away from the faith. I had kind of put it on the back burner and kind of put it in the back of my mind. And there was always that little voice begging me back, chasing after me as you, you know, will. And um, since that day, I have just found the ability to love first, to be more patient, to be more kind, to take a deep breath before I felt like reacting in an angry or uh, unpleasant way. Um, I'm looking at things just from a much much more Jesus-like perspective. Um, finding him as my kind of, you know, forever friend there to uh, wonder to myself, what would Jesus do in this situation? Settle down, let's love first, let's look at it from a different perspective. Like what, what made you decide like now's the time to get baptized? I feel like baptism is is a rebirth and I'm ready. I'm ready to fully commit. I don't want to get distracted or fall away or skip a church service or skip reading my Bible and then make that a habit. Um, I think the baptism is, it is something that it's a marriage of sorts. I mean, it's, it's fully committing yourself to the church and fully committing yourself to following Jesus every day for the rest of your life. Um, through the good times and the bad times, it's staying committed and uh, you know identifying yourself as a born again baptized Christian who will never walk away from the faith. I love how you talked about Jesus, you know, leaving the ninety nine to to come after you. Um, that his, you know, we just sang, his goodness is running after me. And that even if you've been in church a long time, even if you kind of grew up in it and you maybe have fallen away some and, and aren't really doing much with it or, or your relationship is not that great with Jesus, that he's still going to be running after you. He's still going to be chasing you down. And, uh, and I'm so glad that... Uh, you let him catch you. And, uh, and now, you know, you can just, and, and, I'll, and I encourage you, just keep immersing yourself in him and, uh, as we immerse you. And, uh, and just know that Jesus loves you and, and that he will continually be by your side. So, Kristen, we baptize you this morning in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then last but not least, she's smiling in the room over there. She can't stop. Now she's making faces at me. And now you're going to hear about Lila. Why are you getting baptized today? Because I've been wanting to for a really long time. Yeah, you have. 
you've been wanting to get baptized for a couple of years now. So, when did you start learning about Jesus? When my grandpa started to take me to church when I was about one or two years old. When, tell us about how you became a Christian and decided to follow Jesus. Well, when I was born, my parents read a lot of um, Bible verses to me. And I started to get into it a lot, so they started to take me to church, and I just started to like it. And I heard people talking about getting baptized, and I was like, oh, that sounds fun. So I asked my mom and dad if I could get baptized. They said, yeah, sure, you have to learn about it a little more first. Tell me how, how is Jesus, uh, like, how is he part of your life? Well, whenever I'm in trouble, I pray to him to help him get me through the rough time. What's your, what do you, what's your favorite part of church? I like the singing a lot. What's what's the reason you want to get baptized? It's because um, I've just been wanting to for a long time, and now I've really started to understand what giving yourself um, to Jesus means. Now... Lila, you've been wanted, wanting to be baptized for years now. Uh, she came to me a, a couple years ago and said, I want to get baptized. And we said, okay, you know, and, and if, by the way, if you're a little one, if you're kind of Lila's age, we have a book that, that's for kids that you can kind of go through and it explains what baptism is all about so you have a better understanding of what that is. And she took that home, and she looked through it, and she's learning more and more about what following Jesus is all about, and she loves singing. She loves to be part of that. She loves children's church. She was over there, and, uh, and she's been a part of our church for quite a while now. How old are you? I'm sorry. It's not polite to ask a woman's age. Eight. So you've been coming for six years. And I, I, I love the fact, I love this, that you came first and then your mom and dad came. That you came first, that you were the first person that wanted to be baptized. And so you got to bring them along with you. A lot of times parents bring their kids along, and, but you got to bring your mom and dad along, and that's pretty awesome. And so... I'm just so proud of you, and I love, I love your energy, I love your, that you love Jesus, and uh, I'm so excited that we get ba to baptize you today. So Lila, we baptize you today in the name of the Father, who loved you so much that he sent his only Son, and in the Son, who went to the cross and died for your sins, and through his Holy Spirit that lives in you and will guide you for all, your whole life. And we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And now I would ask uh, if you're going on the missions trip uh, to come up. We're going to pray over you real quick. Then we're going to go have some lunch. Uh, <laughs> And, and there's some people pretty excited about lunch down there. And I know there's one or two back there that are pretty excited about lunch. But if you're going on the missions trip with us, uh, if you can come on down. I was planning on being changed and in dry clothes when we did this. Uh, but I think there's something kind of cool about just coming up out of the waters of baptism to, to pray over them to dedicate their trip because this is ultimately why they're going. This is, is why they're going, to see lives transformed by Jesus Christ. And uh, so, if each, so if all of you will stand. And if you, if you feel so led, if you'd 
maybe raise a, a hand out towards them to just signify you praying over them and laying your hands on them. And if you three will come together a little bit, I'll... John, if you'll lay your hands on them, thank you, dear. Father God, we pray that you would fill these three and, and Donna full of the power of your Holy Spirit, that they would go in the name of Jesus to perform signs, wonders, and miracles, to do the greater things that Jesus said that they would be able to do, that that men, women, boys, and girls would come to know the name Jesus Christ, that they may be able to celebrate in baptism, and that their lives would go on to touch so many others. We pray for safety and protection on their trip. We pray for all of the logistics of that trip, that everything would go smoothly, that there would be no hiccups. And Father, I pray that you would send them out in power. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.